so much welcome. Greetings to you, my fellow path traveler. Thank you so much for joining me as I embark on the next stage of my own creative journey with this, the very first Enrealment Hour podcast. I'd planned to begin this adventure long ago, early in 2021, but unexpected things happened that knocked me for a loop. You know, there's your conscious bucket list, the things that you know you want to experience in this lifetime. And then there's your unconscious bucket list, the things that destiny has in store for you, whether you like it or not. When that bucket list kicks into action, it can take a long time to make sense of what's happened and to grow from it. Not to say that you can always grow from challenging events. Sometimes it's all we can do just to survive them. But in this case, I have grown from them. And my voice has expanded into something that I believe is a better informed, more embodied, and more grounded point of reference. I've seen the light, but perhaps more importantly, I have seen the dark. Writers and teachers, we often write and speak about the things we most need to learn. I wrote a lot about groundedness because, whether I liked it or not, some part of me wasn't fully grounded in reality, particularly with respect to understanding the ways of the world. I mean the real ways of the world. But I'm getting there. And my hope is that this podcast helps me, and you, to more fully penetrate the realities before us so we can actually effect change. Not a little bit of change, but the kind of profound and revelatory change that we all know is needed if we're going to both survive and thrive on this beautiful planet. It's not news to many of us that our species is at risk, and that if ever there was a time for us to stop distracting, it's right now. It's right now. I happen to love humanity. (laughs) I know there's a few trillion reasons not to, but I do. I have great faith in us, and I'm always in awe of the way that so many of us can continue to find a way to move forward despite the overwhelm of personal and generational trauma that many of us carry. Aren't we extraordinary? When I occasionally become cynical, I go back to this time when I was a young adult, and I would go for walks and imagine myself and people who passed by in our most self-actualized form. How would we carry ourselves? How would we relate to each other? What would inspire us into action? What would our purpose be? Of course, it was cocky to imagine that I knew what someone else's version of self-actualization was. But my intentions were good. I'd read Abraham Maslow as a child and really took in the idea that each of us has this profound wellspring of possibility living within us. And yet the question was, and still is, how do we excavate 
and actualize those possibilities in a world that often seems determined to keep us small and overwhelmed and uncentered so that a small few can benefit from our fragmentation. How do we co-create a reality that truly serves us all? The term enrealment came into being when I was working on my first book, Soul Shaping. It's a bit kitschy, but it works for me. I'd found that this thing called enlightenment, more often than not, was limited in scope and meaning. It seemed to be more focused on perfecting, or mastering, or transcending the human experience. That all felt a little too avoidant for me. I longed for something different. I longed to be more authentically human, flaws and all, and more genuinely here in all respects, shadow and light, earth and sky, grocery list and unity consciousness. I didn't want to master singular realms of consciousness. I wanted to be here for all of them, every part every realm, every way of being, every kind of human welcomed at my table. To see through the veils and to explore and to know reality in all its forms. Presence as a fully embodied, whole being experience. With that intention in mind, it's my hope that this podcast is, for you, a comforting touchstone. One that you experience as an invitation to embody all that you are and all that this is. An opportunity to explore a deepening relationship with reality, both with respect to seeing through and calling out the structures and systems that obstruct us, and to working together to manifest the humane and just world that I know I long to live in. For the longest time, my point of focus as a writer has been primarily limited to self-help and spirituality. That is, trying, in my own small way, to language some of the healing steps we can take to live a more gratifying and purposeful life. And that has, of course, included naming some of the beliefs and practices, particularly in the trauma-avoidant spiritual world, that I believe interfere with our quest for a more humane reality. But now my voice is expanding to also include a very precise focus on the broader array of economic and political structures and systems that obstruct our healing and transformation. If we don't name the ways that we're worked and played, if we're even one step back from seeing and naming those truths, nothing will change. Before we can even begin to look at the ways that we're complicit, we need to see the game for what it is, to understand that our overwhelm, our agitation, our dissociation, our internalized shame and self-hatred are all deliberately woven so that we can be utilized to benefit a small and unconscionable few.
to really get that divide and conquer is not some archaic warrior construct, but is a very real cultural fact, now embedded in algorithms and diversionary political cliches that are designed to keep us so focused on hating each other that we fail to notice the puppeteers and their agendas. In an era of cancel culture, book banning, and shadow banning, we're playing right into the hands of those who seek to gain from our divisiveness. And yet there are so few of them, and so very many of us. I know that my grandfather and my uncles fought in the Second World War for, among other things, our right to freely express ourselves. When we block freedom of expression, when we limit it to that which confirms our biases, we also block the freedom to individuate, the freedom to explore new ways of being, the freedom to know and embody the self. And we make it impossible to bridge to each other. If we're going to shape a reality that serves humanity, we must stop looking at each other as enemy and devote real time to looking at those factors and those forces that see us as playthings and props. I had this very interesting interaction with a prominent mainstream newspaper editor in 2021. One of the first things she told me is that when making a decision about what story to bring to the world, she doesn't pay attention to what the public clicks on. In other words, her idea of the public interest isn't what the public is interested in. At first, I liked that. It was like, okay, you aren't going to kowtow to the lowest common denominator within us. Cool. But then I realized that what she was saying, something that felt remarkably similar to certain delusional political figures who actually believe they know what is best for humanity, was that she was going to decide based on her own biases or agendas or superiority trip or God knows what, that which is in our interest. She was deciding. This felt very significant and reflective of so much of what I see happening now. Our reality is determined by a small fragment of power brokers and their middlemen. Of course, this has always been true in the religious and spiritual worlds, but it extends far beyond that. Little wonder we're feeling more and more powerless and less and less liberated in our daily lives. If democracy means anything, it means that the people get to choose. Nobody gets to choose for them. No power brokers, no elitists or elite wannabes. No bullies or behind-the-scenes invisibilies. No fake messiahs or pretenders to the throne of awakening. Nobody. Just us. This podcast will not identify itself with one politic or another. I won't play that game. Because I don't hate the left. And I don't hate the right. And I don't hate the center. What I hate is abuse of power 
and I believe that permeates every political ethos. Not because every politic is necessarily abusive, but because those who fight tooth and nail for political power are often those that are motivated by egoic and economic factors. Not to say that there aren't a few who are motivated by the desire to do service. There surely are. But for the most part, those who are willing to do anything to gain political and economic power are self-serving and emotionally overcompensatory, attempting to fill a lost and empty place inside by gaining control over others. If we're going to save this species from its own trappings, we have to find a way to put an end to this. We have to. Time's up on abuse of power. Time's up on needless divisiveness. Time's up on publicly elected officials insulting the people they govern and are responsible for as though they themselves are beyond reproach. Time's up on unacknowledged trauma and unactualized possibilities. Time's up on being so far back from reality that we can no longer construct a world that serves us all. I've often imagined humanity on two sides of a bridge. On the one side, the survivalistic, often armored consciousness that got us here. This consciousness is primarily practical, safety-oriented. It doesn't look back. It doesn't focus on healing the past. It's realistic and vigilant, and it gets it done. Survival of the fittest. On the other side, what I've often imagined as a more emotionally authentic consciousness, one where we don't merely define ourselves by what puts food on the table, but by clarifying and embodying the who we really are, our callings, our gifts, our possibilities, our growing edges, all of it. For some time I called this side of the bridge survival of the truest and said that this was the direction we're going, that this is progress. Maybe it is, but what I now recognize is that both are true and both are necessary the practical consciousness. Well, that's the shoulders that we all stand upon. It fought the wars. It built the roads and crafted the laws. It created the societies we inhabit. And it's why we can even begin to explore new ways of being. And truth be told, if we ever lose our survivalist edge, we're doomed. The other side of the bridge are the next steps for a growthful humanity whatever that looks like. They're essential, but they're no more true and no more real and no more worthy of our respect. And the sooner we realize this, the sooner we'll be able to bridge to each other. And those relational bridges are the key to our shared future. In a world that is getting more dissociated all the time, we need each other to remember reality to heal reality, to enhance reality, and to co-create a reality that will serve us all. 
We need each other to get real now. Before I close out this first podcast with two quotes that I want to read you, I want to invite you to both follow this podcast and to check out my other offerings at my primary website, jeffbrown.co. I've also begun my own Substack, which you can find by searching my name in the Enrealment newsletter at substack.com. I'm really looking forward to writing longer pieces again. I also want to thank Trevor Hall and his team for permissioning use of his song Arrows from the fantastic album The Fruitful Darkness. If you don't know Trevor's musical majesty, I encourage you to check him out at trevorhallmusic.com. You won't be disappointed. I also want to thank those of you who continue to remind me to get this podcast going during this strangely difficult 21-month-long dark night of my soul. I am truly grateful for your presence and for your faith in my voice. I leave you with two quotes from my latest book, Articulations. Here's the first. Quote, What the world needs now is a true conversation, not a conversation between our adaptations, disguises, and defenses, not a conversation that hides our truth under a bushel of shame, not a conversation about what doesn't matter, but a conversation that is revealed, revealing, deeply genuine, Perhaps that is the key to most everything. True sharing from the deep within. Nothing to hide. Nowhere to hide it. Close quote. And I want to leave you with another. Something to perhaps contemplate in the week to come. Quote. Everywhere I look, I see people who don't want to be here. They don't want to die exactly, but they don't want to be here. And it's not only apparent in their addictive patterns. It's apparent in very subtle ways. Self-distractive tendencies. Shallowing of breath and perspective. Perpetual positivity. The transcendence bypass, etc. There are billions of ways to leave the moment. And so I wonder... What has to happen before we can co-create a world that invites us to be here, truly here? And how can we construct that world if we've already left it? Where is the bridge back to here? Close quote. Oh, and thanks for being here. (laughs) Let's get to work igniting a revolution of the real that actually affects real change. I'll see you next time, friends. The dark is all around me, but I'm so glad it found me. Over the moon and through stars, arrows come straight.